Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. Trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word, just to know, thus saith the Lord. We know we can trust Jesus because He's trustworthy. He never lies because He's God. Well, we're going to be back in John chapter 10 again this morning. And last week we were talking about the sheep, uh, how they know and they recognize His voice and We've talked a lot about sheep and shepherds the last two or three weeks and taken a little bit of time to get through this section of Scripture. But as we've been looking at, I guess it's taken us a couple of weeks to get through the first six verses of John chapter 10, but we needed to talk a lot about who the shepherd was and what he did. And remember this whole chapter speaks about the fact that that Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the true shepherd. Because he's the one who dies for the sheep. We'll see that in verse 11. He's the one when the Pharisees kicked him out of the, uh, what they thought was their sheepfold. Jesus went and found him and brought him into the true sheepfold. The sheepfold of God through Jesus Christ. And we'll be back in John chapter 10 this morning. And we're going to start in verse 7. So remember... The last time Jesus was telling that he was the that he said in verse one, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber, and he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And then he keeps on talking about how he brings out his sheep and his sheep know him and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. We saw that we found out that they heard this illustration. This wasn't really a parable, but it was an illustration. And they did not understand because we'll see later on, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. And the reason they don't understand is because they don't want to understand. They don't want to believe who He really is. I told a guy just last week, you know, we talked about that verse in John chapter 7. It says, if anyone is willing to do his will, he will show him the truth, whether he's from God or not. In other words, if you want to know the truth, God's ready to show you the truth. If you're not willing to hear the truth, God's not going to show you the truth. You know, know, sort of like us sometimes, we don't bother to tell people stuff because they know what? We know what? They won't receive it, right? So there's no sense saying anything to them, so you just go on about your business. And that's the way God is with us. Except for God knows our hearts and He knows where we're truly at. And so if we're not ready to hear the truth, He won't tell us the truth. These people, He keeps telling them the truth though, but they don't understand. They don't believe because they are not truly His 
sheep. They don't belong to Him because they really don't understand, because they really don't want to. Jesus starts to explain this this illustration in verse 7 of John chapter 10. And then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go out and find, he will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except for to steal, to kill, and destroy. And I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So Jesus says he is the door of the sheep. In verses six through ten, and notice he says in verse, I mean in verses seven through ten, and notice what he says. He says in verse seven, he says, "I am the door of the sheep," and in verse nine, he just says, "I am the door." And when you read your Bibles, I don't know if y'all, when y'all read the Bible or when you listen to the Bible, if you look for words that are repeated. Because those are very important. When Jesus repeats something, when the Bible repeats something, sometimes it will get repeated two or three or four times in about a sentence or two, or sometimes in a paragraph. And when that happens, that's very, very important. And that's what Jesus is doing. But He's using this in two different ways. First, He says to them, most assuredly, remember, he, he said, that means truly, truly, or amen, or I tell you the truth, or listen up, folks, this is very important, what I'm about to say. And he says, I say to you, I am the door. And before he was talking about, in the third person, about the true shepherd, he, and, and uh, one who leads them out, he, and, and them, and but now he gets to the place where he comes to the first person and he starts talking about I, 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 I am the one. And so he wants us to understand that he's the true way. He's the true door. He's the one that loves the sheep. He's the one that is the good shepherd. And so when we look at this first section, this section is a little bit confusing this whole section, I thought it was really pretty straightforward and pretty easy, but the more I studied it, the more I found it was kind of tricky. We've spent two or three weeks on it already. And he says, I am the door of the sheep. In other words, he's the door of those who are truly saved. Because remember, every time Jesus speaks about sheep, or the Bible speaks of sheep, it's always talking about people who are Truly God's people, right? And he says, we are his sheep of his pasture. And so he says here that he's the door of the sheep. In other words, he is the way out of the false teaching. He is the way out of the old fold. Remember, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees have put all of their trust in a religion called Judaism. And when you put your trust just in a, re- in a religion, you're in trouble. Because the Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And when we understand the fact that people can't save us, religion can't save us, good works can't save us, baptism can't save us, communion can't save us, the only one that can save us is Jesus Christ. 
It's not about a religion, but it's about a relationship with Jesus Christ who is truly God. He's the one that loves us. He's the one that cares for us. He's the one that, that leads us out of the false ways, out of the false religions, and will lead, it, lead us into the true fold. So in other words, he, He's the door to the truth. He's the one that brings us out of the mixed sheepfold. We're in there with other people and we're mixed up with a lot of people that are from different groups and not everybody's saved that, that's in the world. You know, unfortunately, the Bible says not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to make it to heaven. And so we each need to trust Christ and we each need to come out of the old ways and come into the new life. And it says in 1 Thessalonians 1, nine. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. And so these people turn from the old idols. And you know, we think about these people bow down and worship stuff. But today we worship money and houses and things. And some of us worship our grandkids and, you know, and our families and you know, anything that takes the place of God is an idol, right? We need to love God more than anything. He said, to love the Lord thy God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the greatest commandment. And so, Jesus is the door that leads us out. Uh, Ezekiel 20 verse 37 says, I will make you pass under the rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. And He says... Also here, all whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear him. Notice he says, all who came before me are thieves and robbers. He's not talking about the Old Testament prophets. He's not talking about all the people who spoke about God in the old days. But, but what he's talking about is all the false people who came and talked but he, he's not talking about them specifically because he says they are thieves and robbers. You know who he's talking to? The Pharisees. <laughs> and the Pharisees are right there. And he's saying all who came before me are, present tense, thieves and robbers. I'm talking to you Pharisees. I'm talking to you scribes. I'm talking to you hypocrites. I'm talking to you people who are trying to get the preeminence, trying to get the love, trying to get all these things when it all belongs to God. I just want to read you a few verses. You know, the Pharisees were lovers of money. They devoured widows' houses. And Jesus said, you made his house a den of thieves. Let me read Luke sixteen fourteen. It says, now the Pharisees who were lovers of money also heard all these things and they derided him. And they and he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts, for what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Mark twelve thirty eight, Jesus said, Beware of the scribes who desire to go around in long robes, love greetings in the marketplaces, the best seat in the synagogues and the best places at the feast who devour widows' houses. 
and for a pretense make longer prayers, long prayers. These will receive greater condemnation. And then he said in Mark eleven seventeen, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and chief priests heard it and saw how they might destroy him because they feared him because all the people were astonished at his teaching. So these people were people who loved money. They took widows' money and left them destitute. They took God's temple, his place where he was to be worshipped. And guess what they did? They sold and bought stuff in the temple. Remember when Jesus went into the temple and he ran them all out with the whip and he turned the tables over and he turned loose all the doves and he and he turned over the money tables and he turned loose all the animals and he run all the people out. That was because they were buying and selling in his temple. They were buying and selling in, in what today if 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 you've walked into church and you found everybody in here just buying and selling and there was you walked in your local church down there and and there was a bunch of people and they had animals and they had little tables set up on the wall and they were buying and selling stuff and, and instead of having church they were just buying and selling. Now that would be a sight, wouldn't it? But you know what? Some of that goes on in our churches, right? Some people they go to church just to uh, network with people. What he says here is these people are thieves and robbers. Remember what I said? A thief is somebody who just steals, but a robber is somebody who will do whatever it takes to get it. He will hurt you to get what he wants. Then Jesus says, but the sheep did not hear him. I don't know exactly how this works, but all I know is somehow in some way that God in His providence, God in His sovereignty protects His true people from being pulled into these false religions and these false ideas where that they stay in them and they never get out and never trust Him. I don't know exactly how that works. But it says that Jesus... Jesus, God's real people, His sheep, did not hear the voice of the false teachers. But all I can tell you is He said that they didn't hear. They didn't believe Him. They didn't trust Him. Because they were looking for somebody who was real and they found Jesus. And we know when somebody's real. And we know when other people are not. And so it says in verse 9, He says the second time, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So here now he's talking about the door in a second way. First he says, I am the door of the sheep. In other words, he's the door that leads the sheep out of the mixed fold, out of the rest of the people, so they can get out of the falsehood, out of the lies. But here he's the actual door itself that brings them into salvation. Jesus says, I am the way you get into heaven. I am the way of salvation. Let me, let me explain this. What, what happened, remember we talked earlier about the sheepfold, right? And we talked about to begin with when they would go in town and all the sheep herders were together, they'd put all of their sheep flocks in together, right? 
And everybody's sheep was all mixed up. And the shepherd would go in and lead them out. And he would call his sheep and they would come out and follow him. Now that's what Jesus said he was doing in verse 7. He went in and he pulled his true believers out of that other group who didn't believe in Jesus Christ. And now what he's saying is when they get out into hillsides, when they can't come back into town, it's too late. It's, they don't come into town every night. They stay out on the hillsides. They stay out in the pastures. And while they're out there, what they do is they make a little temporary sheepfold. And when they make that temporary sheepfold, what they do is they fix it up so that there's some kind of, they find a little rock area or build up some sticks or some wood or whatever. And the shepherd, what he does is he lays across the door. And the only way you can get into that there without crawling over the wall is to come over the body of the shepherd. Because there's only one way in and the shepherd, he, he just lays straight across that door so that nobody or nothing could get into his sheep. And that's what Jesus is saying is, as I'm the door, I'm laying across that doorway, nobody can get into my sheep. Nobody can hurt my people. Nobody can hurt them because only the people who I know can get in that door. Only the people who are really truly saved can come in. And you have to come in through that broken body of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus' body was broken on that cross, right? I mean, He died for our sins. He died in our place. And His body was broken. And when He, right before He died, He said, It's finished. But, but He took all our sins. He took our hell. He took everything. The only way you come in is through Jesus Christ. And then He says, If anyone enters by Me. So the only way you're going to get in to the true sheepfold is by Jesus. And then He says, He will be saved. What does that word saved mean? It means to be delivered. Safe and sound. It means somebody recovered from a severe illness. They came through a bad storm. They survived a war. They were acquitted in court. But you know what? Jesus says that you're safe. You're sound. And we say when we trust Christ that we're what? Saved, right? That we have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and He has saved me and I have trusted in Him and I'm no longer headed to hell, but I'm headed to heaven. He has saved me from the old life and He has saved me so that I can have a new life. What He says here in Ephesians 2.18 where it says that we all have access by one Spirit through the Son. The only way we get into the Father is through the Son. And so He says He will go in and out and find pasture. So not only do we go in to a safe place where we're protected and taken care of, but it also says we will go in and out and find pasture. And that means that God will let us come and go. And wherever we go, whatever we do, He takes care of us and He's with us and He protects us and He guides us and He leads us. And, and He also feeds us. You know, when He talks about going in and out, He means all the actions of life. 
I want to read uh, Psalm 121, verse 1 through about verse 6. He says, I will lift up my eyes from the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He who will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. And so God will take care of us. He said He won't allow our foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He He's our keeper. He won't. He's our shade. He won't allow the sun to strike us, nor the moon. He will preserve us from evil. He will preserve our soul. And as we go in and out, He will protect us and guide us and be with us. That's good, isn't it? I mean, I, I thank God that, that God not only saves me, but you know what He does? He keeps me and He protects me. And wherever I go, whatever I'm doing, He's with me. You know, some people talk about a watchmaker God. I don't think many people talk about that anymore. But I think it was Thomas Jefferson that talked about a watchmaker God. They say a watchmaker God, they just started everything and God started the world and then He walked off and left it. But the Bible says that God is intimately involved with every bit of everything that happens in this world. He loves us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And yes, sometimes it looks pretty bad out there. But just remember, when we get to Revelation chapter 22, you know what's going to happen? It's all going to happen just like God said it would. Even though sometimes it looks pretty discouraging, it looks pretty bad. And you know what? While we're here, God's going to take care of us. He's going to be with us. He's going to protect us. And He's going to lead us in and He's going to lead us out. And we'll find pasture. In other words, He's going to feed us. Remember all the way back in John chapter 6 where Jesus said He was the bread of life? He gives us food for our souls, right? I don't know how they figured out when they come up with that in the 60's and the 70's talking about soul food. But you know what? This is the true soul food. When God loves us and God saves us. And we feed on His Word. We feed on the relationship with Him. He satisfies our deepest longings, our deepest needs. And if you're going hungry and you're starving and you're getting a little upset, it might be because you're not feeding on His Word like you ought to. Because this is what helps us as we grow and go. We will go in and out through all our daily affairs and God will be with us. And then he says lastly, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. So the thief, he'll come to steal. But if he can't steal, you know what he'll do? He'll kill and he'll destroy because he doesn't want anybody else to have it. If he can't have it, he doesn't want anybody else to have it. And he says, but I have come that they might have life and life more abundantly. In other words that they may keep on having life. And that they may keep on having abundant life. This isn't just a one-time thing, but it's a continuing action. 
that, that God didn't come to make us miserable. He come that we might have joy and peace and abundant life. If we're running around miserable and and whatever, then guess whose fault that is? It's ours. Because God didn't come to make us miserable. I know a lot of people think God's a cosmic killjoy and He gave us all these rules and regulations so we couldn't do all these things and then we couldn't have any fun. But you know what? You can have way more fun following God than you can doing what the world says is fun. And it doesn't cost you near as much because all them things that the world does that they call fun cost you a lot in the long run. I deal with people all the time in the jails and the prisons and places that have lived out there and done what the world says is fun and right and good. And guess what? They're paying for it. They're not really having any fun. They might think they're having fun. They're really having a lot of problems. Jesus says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he comes that we might have life. What kind of life? Eternal life, right? But also a good life here on earth. Because even though life is tough here on earth, it's a whole lot better with Jesus than it is without Jesus. Because see, I tell folks all the time, you know, when you, when you don't know Jesus, you're going to have problems. When you know Jesus, you're going to have problems. But you know what the difference is? Most of the time when you don't know Jesus, you cause your own problems. And, and then sometimes you have problems that come along anyway. But, but when you know Jesus, guess what? He says in Psalm, uh, not Psalm 40, Isaiah 43, verse 2 and 3, He said, I'll be with you when you pass through the waters. They will not overflow you. And I will be with you when you pass through the fire. And it will not burn you, nor will it scorch you. You remember Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Azariah, Hananiah, Mishael, those were their Hebrew names. Daniel's friends, when they were in the fire, who was with them? God. When Daniel was in the lion's den, who was with him? God. When Joseph was in the dungeon, who was with him? God. When Joseph was in the well, who was with him? God. When Abraham went out not knowing where he was going, who was with him? God. When all these folks, when David was running from Saul, who was with him? God. When Isaac was out there, when Jacob was out there, when all these people were out there, but Isaac and Jacob, when they were out there, who was with them? God. And He's right here with us if we know Him. And He'll be with us. And we'll have life. And life abundantly. But that old thief, and He's really talking about the devil is what He's talking about. The thief is the devil. Comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what He wants to do in our lives. That's what He wants to do out there in the world. And that's what He's doing in so many people's lives, but we that know Jesus Christ don't have to worry about that because the Good Shepherd loves us. And He's the door. He lets us in and out. And he doesn't let nothing in that doesn't come through Him. Did you know that? And every little thing, no matter whether it's... We, I know we have tough times, but He lets those things in because, you know, he, He's working on us. And one day the Bible says in Romans 8.18 that the sufferings of this world will not be worthy to be considered with the glory which we'll have in heaven. In this world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. 
for I am with thee. Let's pray, and then we'll sing, think, redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Father, we love you, we praise you, we thank you for who you are, and we just ask that you would be with us today as we follow you and trust you and keep on following you. Lord, if there's one that doesn't know you today and is not sure whether they're going to heaven or not today, I pray that you would help them today to cry out and say, Lord Jesus, save me, I'm a sinner. That they would believe you for who you are. And there's no other way to get to heaven but by you. And so Lord, speak now. Work in our hearts. And help us to know how much you love us. How much you care for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Number, why don't we say number 82. Redeem. How I love to proclaim it. Redeem by the blood of the Lamb. Redeem through His infinite mercy. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to the Lexington, Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 8, 32.